0: Hi everyone, I'm Katie Dawson and welcome to Super Creative, a podcast that delivers candid conversations with inspiring women who are thriving in business. Today on the podcast I am speaking to the amazingly creative Carmel Vanderhoven. As a self-taught multidisciplinary artist, Carmel is an all-round creative that uses painting, ceramics and illustration to explore her creative ideas resulting in a diverse range of work. Carmel's work mainly features observations taken from her surroundings that resonate with her. Her current amazing floral series uses the simple act of marking canvas with painted brushstrokes and her stunning use of color captures you and draws you in. Her work is simply breathtaking. Over the past few years, Carmel has grown a cult following of people that know and love her work. Not only is her work frequently featured in magazines and online, but she's also created a very open and honest space on Instagram that brings all of her fans along with her on her journey as a working artist. Personally, I am obsessed with Carmel's work, and one day I will own one of her paintings in my home. In the meantime, I'm happy to watch her work and follow along. I hope you enjoy my chat with Carmel as much as I did. Hi Carmel and welcome to my podcast. Hello. Hey, to start things off, can you please describe for me who you are and what you do? My name is Carmel
1: Vanderhoven, and at the moment I am predominantly a full-time artist with paint.
0: There it is. That's it. (laughs) I mean, I've done lots of other things,
1: but right now
0: that is what I do. And that is your full-time job, isn't it? It's not a... I, I paint at night sometimes. But, like, that's your that's your primary career? Yes. I go in every day
1: and I work. Uh, not as much as, I suppose, a full-time job because I physically just burn out after, like, I could push four hours if I have a break, maybe six hours, but... For me, it's a full-time job. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. And that's that's actually the reason why I was so keen to talk to you, because I I know a couple of full-time artists, and I think it's easy to look at it as the beautiful stuff, but Mm. that it actually is, and of course it is beautiful, because the output is beautiful, but it is actually a job. It's not just... Um, oh I could do that, get some money for it, you know it is actually a full-time job and and so as a creative business it is really really valid and so I was really interested in talking to you about what you do and how you do it. So as you know, I know you're a a listener of the pod, we start off let's get a bit of background, take it back, where are you from, what did you want to be when you grew up, all that sort of stuff. So I I grew up in Te Went to Sacred Heart Catholic school girl
1: And then I sort of moved around New Zealand uh, Ended up studying fashion in New Plymouth I don't know why all artists end up studying fashion I think it's where we're told uh, From a very young age That you're not going to make money as an artist So everyone's like Oh well I'm going to make clothes instead Uh, Which you know I, I really don't like sewing I found But I I did really well with the, you know, figure drawings and everything like that. So then I I got pregnant and moved back to Tiamatu uh when I was maybe 8 months pregnant and had my daughter Bonnie and just sort of uh, I was. It was settled in a, into mum life. Yeah. Oh no. I was, I've never been quite settled with mum life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was sort of, you know, had a bit of. I wanted to achieve, like, because I Crush was only uh, at that time I was twenty. Right. Yeah. So I re met my partner because I went to school with him, or husband, I should say now. Uh, I know it's only recent. I'm still yeah. being used to <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. particular word. And I sort of floundered – well, not floundered. I just – I worked in fashion stores part-time. I just, you know, had a little kid, and we bought houses and did different things like that. And art – I mean, art was always with me. Like, you know, since I was a child, I was always – So have you
0: always painted and stuff just for yourself? Always? Yeah, Yeah. and I
1: never, ever thought that – you know, it's just I'd buy canvas and be like, oh, I want to make this.
0: For my and house or yeah. for my wall or, yeah. Yeah, never
1: thought I'd, you know, do this as a job. Mm-hmm. And so we were living um, up Mungardi Road on a lifestyle block. And then I was getting a bit bored, so I decided to have my second child. <laughs> You're like, I need something extra in my <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, he was, I started drawing again when I was pregnant. So I was drawing like baby animals and stuff and it was a really good practice just to get my eye in. So these are like fully realistic things and it was a very um, nesting situation. And then some of my work got picked up by Endemic World. Right. So, so you,
0: when you say you, how did they, how did they know you or pick it uh, up? I think I was looking for a printer. Right. Like oh, and they, print, and they print posters and stuff. Yeah, they yeah.
1: print. Uh, they print art prints, and yes. so I found them, and Elliot was just like, "You know, we like these. Can we stock them in the store?"
0: Were you thinking? Did you start drawing them and go, "Oh, I actually quite like them. Maybe I could sell them." Yeah, yeah. So, they were, do you think you've always been a little bit entrepreneurial as well? Like, oh, definitely business minded. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you always you start drawing as a bit of a like creative outlet, but straight soon you're kind of like. Okay, Mm. this is actually. These are cool. I reckon I could sell them. Yeah, I think
1: everything I ever do, whether it's cooking or, you know, house stuff or anything, I'm always like, how? I don't mean to, but it's like, how would I turn this into a business? How would I make money off this?
0: (laughs) So you're that real mix of business entrepreneurial spirit with creative. Yeah, driven,
1: I like. mean I'm not I'm not good at pricing things or anything, right. I'd definitely who, who under,
0: <laughs> under price,
1: <laughs> yeah uh, if I didn't have galleries pushing me in yeah. certain directions, which is great, that's yeah. one of my weaknesses and they make up for that, but yeah, so I, I did that and then I think Van was about nine months old and I was like, I saw some pottery stuff on Instagram, I was like, I want to do pottery, so I started doing night classes and... And it was mostly just to have a break from the children. And then people were like, oh, you know, I picked it up really fast. And they're like, oh, we, you know, can we buy this? And I was like, oh, nope. I Like, I don't think it's good enough, but I never think anything's good enough. And then I got really deep into the pottery sort of world and was making, you know, did stuff for restaurants, Did and never thought anything was good enough, but you know,
0: so you just it's, got all in. All in, all in. Yeah. And
1: then so I'm like, I've got kilns, I've got all the stuff I'm working with. And I'm like, I'm, I'm getting sick of this. I'm going right. to start painting again. <laughs> and so I, I just started painting again. And because we had a bush block uh, behind our house.
0: How long was, ago is this now?
1: Oh, this was, so this was still sort of dabbling like hobby almost level, mm-hmm. I think. But a fan seven now, it would be uh, four, five years ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I started painting and
0: the people liked that too. And I was like, When when you say you started painting, you've got. At the moment, uh, kind of quite a strong aesthetic. Although I know you're you're not just doing um, like the floral kind of works. Do you mm. call them floral? Uh, no, like, no. I'm like, that, what's the right word? They're like, different
1: for me, yes, compared yeah. to everyone else. Everyone's like, but you're not oh. doing
0: those works all the time. I know you experiment with other styles yeah. and practices and that kind of thing. But that, at the moment, is quite a signature. Yeah, that you've been doing. When you started back painting, was it was it with that style or were you? Ex- Experimenting
1: uh, I started uh, just painting I suppose it was my world
0: yeah. So
1: I was at home So there was interior, a lot of interior paintings There was bush paintings There was, um, there's a painting that I Of my daughter Sort of leaning against the wall Upside down, like lying reading a book And there's washing machines Sort of uh, I can't remember who has that one But it's somewhere in Auckland mm-hmm. Uh, so, so you're
0: just practising, like just painting, yeah. painting, painting, Just whatever painting. I could Anything. find.
1: Yeah. It was, you know, this is my world, so this is what I can paint. Mm. And then things developed. Uh, and people have actually, I reposted something of the bush paintings and everyone was like, oh my, are you going to redo these? I'm like, I don't even know if I, I don't remember how.
0: <laughs> I, I could give it a go. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, that's, that's the thing, it's not like... Um, graphic design or something like that where you're like oh just pull up that file and rejig it you know like it's 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 coming
1: from somewhere that I don't fully understand yeah so I don't know how to get back to that place but I'm sure if I tried it would be it's just every time I like every year I'm doing this I learn more
0: yeah
1: and so you know there's you lose that naivety yes that sometimes is a special part in painting Yes, because so, then
0: you're looking at it in a slightly different yeah, way. Yeah, I have more it,
1: skills. I know every single paint. I've got, you know, yeah, endless yeah. stuff. Whereas before it was like a bit more basic. And yeah, yeah so it's hard to go backwards. But I suppose I would I'd never want to anyway. I'd look at it and approach it with the new eyes and be like, yes. this is how I would recreate this concept based on
0: so, who I am now and what yeah, I know now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So going back to there, you start painting again and Mm -hmm. what happens? I suppose I started
1: um, selling things, and then I was sort of pulling back from the ceramics. There's, I mean, there's some brilliant pottery potters in New Zealand, and I was like, I just don't have the love for it that they
0: do. And in the last couple of years, it's like growing and growing and growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, now you just open Insta, right? And it's like, more potters, more yeah. potters. Yeah, and they're,
1: they're very good and they do it yeah. every day. And so like last year I uh, pulled out my wheel to make um, some vases for vases. I never say that properly. <laughs> uh, for my sister's event, which is uh, flooring clay. So people come to her garden and pick flowers and then they arrange them in a, a vessel I've made. And I pulled out my wheel and I hadn't really done pottery for like nine months. And I thought, oh, it's just like riding a bike oh no <laughs> no, yeah, no. I, I was I was actually <coughs> freaking out I was like I don't know if I will be able to like do this
0: you're like I had to whip down to the warehouse grab a couple
1: of buses.
0: <laughs> yeah so I basically it took me like a week
1: of re um, it was just my hand eye coordination like I knew exactly what I needed to do but there was a disconnection there
0: it's a and, practice that's, yeah. isn't it yeah. that's the thing it's like with all of this it's a practice that like you can't just. Well, I don't think many people can just you nine know, months. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. Well,
1: having a break, I say, even with painting, is not necessarily a good idea.
0: Mm. It's
1: like it's you just lose something, so it's much yeah. easier to just keep it as a job every day, yes. do it, yep. do it. But I will be pulling out the wheel after this exhibition, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's like, so watch this space, yeah. yeah. Well, it's nice to be able to flip back. Okay, so anyway, take it back. So you start painting, you're mm-hmm. finishing off, um, you're kind of getting a bit bored of that phase of pottery. Yep. So you're painting, what happens?
1: Uh, I guess I I started having, I had a solo exhibition at our Freight Contemporary. It's not around anymore, but it was a little sort of pop-up gallery in Frankton, and Hamilton
0: And how did that happen? Like is that just because oh, you know crea- yeah. pe- creative people, you get chatting Just connections with the gallery yeah. owner uh,
1: She just asked if I wanted to have a solo exhibition Had she seen your work on Insta or something like that? I'm uh, not sure how Ah, oh, we did live drawing together
0: Right, okay yeah. So again, just yeah. networking, making friends, yeah. being yeah. in the world Yeah.
1: And that exhibition did it did okay It was just because it was a real mix of everything. There was ceramics, there was, you know, lounge paintings, there was some bush stuff. It was me really as an emerging artist. It was really just a broad spectrum of everything that I was doing at the time. And then after that, I was approached. I cannot remember her name, sorry. But Punnett Eatery wanted, you know, their area decked out with uh paintings and they were like oh you know something sort of florally and I was like oh <laughs> I've <laughs> <They> never <do. laughs> never quite done flowers because I always found like there was too much information in what I could see it sort of overloaded me
0: you know it was bush that was is like... so uh, that is so funny considering your work I know as well, like.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said I've said many things uh in my time that will come back and yes. bite me. Yeah, yeah. So I think I remember, I said at some point I was never going to paint again to my mother. Mm. And another point, i was, I'd never do flowers. Yeah. <laughs> here I am. am. Here I am, yeah. <laughs> so it was a real challenge and I started off very uh, just impressionist style and because I'd been working with acrylics, which again, I hated when I was a teenager, said I'd never work with acrylics. <laughs> and here I am. Mm. Uh, and that... That was, that again, just an okay exhibition. Just sort of uh, things, some things sold. A lot of things just sat there for ages, which shock horror to the poor people that are on wait do lists now. Take,
0: do you take, um, for both those early exhibitions, was there a lot of emotional stuff in there for you? Or were you quite like, oh, let's just see what happens? Like, oh, no. It, not
1: was in, it was so stressful. Right. It was, you So know, you're putting
0: a lot of yourself in there. And yeah. It There's probably a lot of learnings. Yeah,
1: just and You have no idea, like how people going to you. You're basically exposing your entire self publicly, yeah. and you have an opening. And there's people there just judging your work. And yes, you, you, yeah. <laughs> you're just there, and hoping you're not. They, you know, come up behind someone and they go, "Oh, I don't like this one." Or, you know, you yeah. just I sort of hide in the background of a glass yeah. of wine. And yes,
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah so right from the even though. Even though it was sort of slowly starting to happen, it, it was still a, there was still a lot of kind of um, feeling and emotion behind, like just exhibiting and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, yeah, so my confidence grew. And uh, Tura Gallery in Auckland had just opened and Liz, uh, one of the owners contacted me and she was like, hey, we really like your stuff and would you like to try, you know, putting some things in our, our gallery? And I was like, yeah, sure. And How long ago is that? Oh, if this is, this will be my second exhibition there. So maybe it was a year and a half or two so years ago. So it's quite a big
0: deal to have an Auckland gallery, not yeah. being Auckland, but, you know, there's a lot of prominent galleries and it's a big deal to have a gallery in Auckland because um, space is so expensive. So you have mm. to be... Um, serious gallerists yeah you're gonna, yeah and yeah. i'm
1: I'm not good at um i don't like selling things myself
0: yes
1: okay so that's again one of my uh weak points so i figured that out and i just am mm. you know, like nah i'd rather you know they do it mm. i do my work they do their work yeah and so those things uh did not last long mm. anything i sent there was gone within a couple of days
0: so when so would you um you said you, you've done, you're about to do your second exhibition with them, but do you mm-hmm. send them stuff on the regular anyway? Like it doesn't uh, have to be an
1: exhibition? I used to, and now the demand had gotten so sort of overwhelming. Yeah. Which makes me sound like a jerk, but... No, <laughs> no. So yeah. It had gotten overwhelming that I was like, I would rather work on um, large bodies of work. Yes. And so we've talked about it because I did do commissions, and that's been pulled back, and everything's sort of just been focused on these large bodies of work. Yes. So, so actually,
0: taking it back, so uh, they approached you. Um, did that was that the start of right? Okay, I need to be a bit more serious about this. I need a studio, or had you mm. did you because so and can you tell us a bit about your studio?
1: Ah, uh, we had moved. We'd sold our house. So I did have these amazing sheds and then we moved into this tiny little house in Perongia. And so I didn't have a lot of, um, not a lot of space. I sort of, there's a hallway behind me that's an entryway that was stacked up with paintings. And yeah. <laughs> I'd paint in the dining room. And uh, yeah, it's sort of, that's why I haven't, we've got this old flooring and it's got paint marks all over it. I'm so I'm not going to polish it just yet. So I just left it as it is and just, Painted And then, because I planned to have an exhibition of them, I approached uh, Te Aumuru Council. They have an old building in Prongia that was empty, that they were using for um, some mountain research stuff. <coughs> and so I approached them and they said, yeah, for a donation, you can use the space till whenever we need it back to renovate it. And so that was my first uh, painting studio. I did the exhibition for Tura?
0: So with and, that, with that. Sorry, I love. It. I've got so many questions. <laughs> so, how many? So for that first exhibition, how many paintings did you? Do you agree on a set amount of paintings you'll provide them? I think I painted as much
1: as I could. I right. always underestimate how long things will take me. How long did you have?
0: I think it was maybe three or four months. And so at that point where you're like, right, if I'm going to do this exhibition, I do need to treat this as a, I'll be going into that studio yeah. four to six hours a day, yeah. five-ish yeah. days, a, whatever, you know, whatever. but it, as an actual, I need to go and make this a uh, practice.
1: Yes, definitely. The kids were at school, so the only thing that threw me out was I always forget about school holidays. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do I'm, now? Yeah. yeah, and I don't. I don't want to put them in, you know, the kid care programs, that's too expensive. Yes, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I did that. I think it was my first time ordering really big canvases that were made by Daniel uh, in Auckland. And so I just jumped. I have a tendency to jump in the deep end. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do it.
0: How many <laughs> well, did you order? Do you remember?
1: Uh, there was four. No, maybe five, mm-hmm. actually, because I think he does a deal. So there's probably five. And it's to do with he likes them against each other for shipping. Right. So you tend to order a certain amount to stack. And they were 1,500 by 1,500. I had done an 1,800 by 1,800 um, four-panel painting for Punnett. Oh, so right. I had – but that took me like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I could probably do that size in the new style in maybe two weeks.
0: right. Okay. Like,
1: so I've gotten faster because yes. i I guess I know what I'm doing, yes. a bit more yeah uh, and yeah, then I made a whole bunch of little ones, which I haven't done again, but they are very very cute little pieces, and then just some regular size, but there wasn't many, so maybe maybe there was like fifteen or fourteen paintings, yeah. I think from recollection, and this exhibition coming up, I ambitiously working towards
0: 25 (laughs) it's because everyone wants your work so much you're like
1: oh I don't think I don't know if I'll make it but I like to have the goal there
0: they obviously know they're going to get a significant amount so they're just happy with what they get yes yeah yeah and
1: we have we have logistics to work out like so we're I'm working on the smaller ones um, earlier on because they need to be framed whereas so we've ordered I think it's a hundred meters of framing (laughs) it's <laughs> for everything.
0: It's full on, yeah. 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 And so so we, tell me about that first exhibition, the first big Auckland exhibition. So when was that? That was uh, like four days before lockdown. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> were you anticipating lockdown at that point? Like, were you seeing, oh, this might happen?
1: Yeah, we were all sort of like, uh, a lot of people pulled out. Everyone was kind of like, maybe we shouldn't go to Auckland what's going on and we went and were you like like, I
0: have worked too hard
1: (laughs) I have got to go to this it was a very quiet exhibition you know there wasn't a lot of people that came into the opening night which was understandably
0: because again we were on that cusp people starting to go oh it's going on that probably was quite good for you though because you're like you could always be like oh well it's just quiet because of COVID yeah (laughs) you know like oh that's why it's like yeah there's no pressure is less
1: pressure I think they they sold like half of the pieces on the night, Amazing. which was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then lockdown happened, mm-hmm. and we were all just I don't know floundering. We yes, didn't they, know what yeah. didn't know what was going yeah. on. And then Liz got onto it, and she sold the rest uh, during the month that it was in the shop, but no one could go and see it right. uh, online. So she just kept going. So it was a sold out exhibition during. The first lockdown. I love it. Which, yeah, was a very good, confident booster.
0: And that's quite and a historical, um, like, it's quite, uh, like, looking back, that's quite a historical moment, right? Like, you had your first big solo Auckland exhibition during yep. lockdown. You know, like, yep. that's pretty cool. That's what happened. And then. Do you feel like you, you and your profile and your work, was that the time that you got a real. I feel like that's when I really started. Mm-hmm. I'd seen your work before, I'd seen it heaps in like home style and different yeah. pr- things over the years, but then all of a sudden I felt like I started seeing you everywhere over the yeah. last year. I think that's when it, people connected with it. Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe I was just a little bit ahead. and it just, Maybe
0: everyone was online
1: as well. So Yeah, the, it just t- took its time, uh, which was, you know, fascinating because there was things that sat in it for so long and, mm. you know, now it's... Uh,
0: People really missed that chance It was last year. So was the permit exhibition in the same sort of style of what you're doing now? Uh,
1: I started, there was some really small pieces that started in that direction. And I was like, I really like these. And everyone's like, oh, no, we want the realistic stuff. And I was like, yeah, but it's what I feel like it's
0: painting. So I, what I'm doing. <laughs> so
1: I, I, uh, I, I pushed it um, into what I felt was more contemporary because I don't want to you know, just create what they made in the 1800s or 19th, sorry,
0: 18,
1: sort of the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. 20th century turnover yes. thing, yeah. you know, because there's no point. You can just mm. order posters of that stuff. You don't yeah. need to. So that's why I stuck with acrylics as well. It was like, these are plastic. These are flat. They, you know, are not going to give that depth that you get from oils that would look far more like an impressionist painting. Mm. And I just don't it's your want your take. To Yeah, I don't want to do that, like just Mm. copy them. Mm. So I did learn from them. They are some of my like favourite artists. But I needed to, you know, make something new. And so I went into this sort of new style and then was picked up by um, Jumbled Online in Australia. During, it was during lockdown as well, they talked to me. And so I managed to, I think, I had ordered some canvases uh before everything had been hard to get hold of stuff. <laughs> I think I had like a, a freak out moment before they did lockdown. I was like, right, I'm ordering all this stuff. I didn't very, very know foresight,
0: that. that eh? yeah. yeah, I didn't
1: know that the art shops would be shut down. I just assumed everyone would, you know, somehow be able to work or do something. But no, they were shut down. And then level three, uh, people started
0: I, they Online? overload
1: yeah they overloaded yeah. the art store oh, right. so yeah. when they opened they had to shut down again because everyone decided they were going to take up art as a hobby and make and bread. i think all the
0: parents <laughs> and all the parents were like i need craft i yeah. need craft for my kids like yeah what?
1: and so um gordon harris was like oh no nah, we can't we can't do it mm-hmm. we've had too much orders it's it's over. And I was like, this is my job. No,
0: no, this is my life. Don't sell to them, sell to me. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I, I started painting. I sent, uh, managed to send, I think, pack and send opened in level three, maybe, because it's yes. an essential service as a shipping company. So we sent over four paintings and jumbled online, had uh, put them online before I'd even sent them. And they sold before they got wow. to the country. And so then Pip uh, was like, do you want to do an exhibition here? And I was like, oh, I don't really have the time, but yeah, why not? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go all in. And so I made, uh, again, I think it was only like 14 paintings for them. They they do prefer to about 20, but I just didn't have the I capacity. I guess this is the
0: thing as an artist that you can't outsource you literally can only do what you do. Yeah. And, and some, you also have the, um, you know, like you've got to, you can't paint, like you've got to be a, in the moment or, you know, I know that sounds a bit wishy-washy, but you can't paint when you feel like crap or you, yeah. or you maybe can, I don't know. But you know, like it's not just a Oh no, switch. hungover painting's the yeah. worst. <laughs> but you know, there's so much emotion in painting, right? And yeah. I imagine that, yeah, there's lots of days where you're like, I actually hey, can't do this or... yeah. I need the day off or whatever. So oh, it's,
1: well that's yeah. where I go into business stuff so I, I'll go do my stupid zero accounting like I'll do the stuff I don't like doing when... So at least I feel like I'm achieving something that yes. day.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, or it's I'll go for a walk and find some photo like take some photos of gardens or something or I just think. I don't know, there's a lot of thinking involved. Yeah. I don't get paid for thinking, but
0: yeah. <laughs> but you kind of do because that's part of the package, right? Like yeah. an artist doesn't just paint for hire mm. eight well, hours a day. I think some do. Well, maybe you yeah, some do.
1: Preferably yeah. that's not the p- career path I want. Yes, yeah. yeah. And that's
0: the thing, you're whilst you're a working artist, you're not a well I my belief would be that I wouldn't call you a commercial artist. You're mm. a working artist. Yeah, there's a there's a funny there's some funny lines there
1: in mm. the art community because you got you've either got, you know, people selling stuff for it's collector pieces and it's $40,000 in New Mm. Zealand or you have what I would class as a commercial artist. So it's more interior design stuff for people's homes. Yes. You know, and then uh, I think I'm in the middle because I can never picture what I paint in people's homes. (laughs) Mm. It's not, I'm not like, Oh, that would look so great there. I'm just like, no, I just am painting this because it means something to me. This is, uh, I have thoughts I want to get out, this is so, leaning towards more of the the art art mm. side of things, uh, but then again, it's become popular enough that I guess it's sort of, oh, I'm not, I wouldn't, I would never use the word commercial. Well, that's
0: what I mean, to me, mm. commercial is kind of like what you um, described as, that it's like, that, you know, the people that like might paint, have a certain style that they um, paint over and over again, like changing the inside of the flower or something, the colour, whatever, because they know that they get uh, 300, 300, 300, and and then they do prints of them all and then they do and it's like a a full business whereas I kind of look at you and I think about when I was at art school and studying artists that are now the $40,000 New Zealand Masters or whatever and to me it's like you're like them but in the development phase, because like, McCann wasn't selling um, his paintings for forty thousand in the seventies, people were buying them for forty bucks. You know, or maybe not. Well, but. that
1: that would be you know, my ideal goal. Uh, not, it's not really financially. It's not about that. I just, I am just not much of a capitalist. No, no, <laughs> I can't. I, that's why I leave it to the galleries. But it's
0: nice that you can make a living. Doing yeah. what you're like. I mean, that's,
1: so, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, that is, I still can't believe that I can earn, I wouldn't quite call it a living
0: yet. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask you. So, how do you, do you kind of, when you're doing an exhibition, and I know you're not um, like what we've just talked about, I know it's not commercially driven quite like that but obviously you are a person that needs an income and all of that kind of thing so when you look at an exhibition do you kind of go do you look at the the cost the like your cost the cost of the thing what you'll sell it for and go okay so if I produce this package that will keep think- me around this much and that will carry me through for the yeah. next six months. No, right. I just
1: kind of wing it most right. of the time. The accountants hate me. Yeah. <laughs> they're wanting that. <their laughs> yeah, they're, oh, they're, I talked to a, a new accountant and she was just like, well, no, we're going to angle towards this and then you need to do this and this. And I'm just like, no. yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's um, counterintuitive, isn't it, to an artist?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really want to think about that stuff. I just want to do my work. That's it. So... So, but how we do it is because I can't, I can't guarantee that whatever I make will sell or anything like that. We live off my husband's wages. If we're going to get into the nitty gritty business stuff, uh, we live off his wages, and then I generally don't spend anything or pay myself anything until after the financial tax year. And so, it's not that I don't contribute to the household. Um, financially, it's that it's we just live sort of within our means. That's
0: how you've structured it. Yeah,
1: and it works because I never get myself, like, you know, in debt or anything yeah. like that. I didn't overspend. I've always got money for the tax. I've always,
0: you know, got it figured out there. Do you, with your business art stuff do you like all your materials and stuff though that comes out of your your work basically and, and yeah. yeah yeah so I
1: buy I try and buy in bulk because I um I'll have to register for GST this year and it's you know just I can't getting my head around GST is just such a nightmare
0: I have an accountant that does all that like I'm like I just don't <laughs> I the best advice I ever got given was in business the bits that you are good at, focus on that and don't spend all And I just, it's always stuck with me because I'm like, I actually just, I just don't get it. Like, I just don't. It's not how my brain works. So I just want someone else to do that part. (laughs)
1: That's, that's perfectly correct. Yeah, we, um, that's what I was talking about with strengths and weaknesses. It's like, you know, you know what you're good at. Don't try and do what you're not. (laughs) Just hire it out. Oh, so selling work is not my strong point. So I'm quite happy to work with galleries, you know, and it's normally about 40% um, commission, but Mm -hmm. I think that's perfectly fine. You know, they have the store, the people, the connections, and I just get to do what I do as a job, which is great.
0: And it gives you the security. It takes away that pressure of Mm. the stuff that you say that is not what you particularly love doing. And, And also, if you were selling them yourself... There's a whole lot of admin and work oh. and marketing and that, and isn't shipping. There? Yes, and all of that stuff.
1: Yeah. yeah, everything, and also dealing with people. Go, oh, I don't really like that. Yes, I don't it's like, like that color. Or yeah, uh, yeah, I don't need to hear
0: that. yeah, 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 yeah totally. No, <laughs> Just leave me out of that one. <laughs> yeah, no. It's, oh, it's the dream, situation. Hey, so actually, on that, my other question for you was, you t- well, you have talked a little bit about commissions and how you've stopped kind mm-hmm. of doing that for various reasons, but um, collaborations. So ah. you have um, done a beautiful collaboration with Juliet Hogan. Yeah. So that was um, fa- a print for fabric, which yep. then turned yep. into an effect puzzle, which I missed out on. I was like <laughs> every day before Christmas, I was like, "Right, I've got to get down to that puzzle." It's, and it's think, very, it's very hard. It's a very hard puzzle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I yes. I, I thought it would be. I was actually like, I don't. I, want I to get not to do it. puzzles <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> but. Um, my kids ruin puzzles, so I'm always mm. a bit like, "Oh, don't, anyway." Um, so, can you tell me a little bit about that collaboration, and also, have you done any others? Or ah, oh, that one was that
1: one was before the exhibitions. Like, so she contacted me because the way fashion works, you know, they're working like a year mm. ahead for um, fabric and things, and so she just contacted me and out of I, the blue. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, Alice Lyons had shared something on one of her story feeds maybe and I popped up and, yeah, she just – and it was very fast. Like, they needed the painting. So I just made a painting because I said, look, I can't – my head's not in the right space to be like, how am I going to see this as a fabric? I was like, I'll just make a painting with sort of – The tones you want to The mood board, yeah, Yeah, they had and – they then you know you just do whatever you want with it, and they did change the colours and all of those things. But that's was you know part of the package. Yeah,
0: you understood and that that would be part of. The, yeah, 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 and that's perfectly
1: fine because it was just like I can't make a fabric, I can make a painting because it still for me has to at the end of the day look and be this work of art. Mm. And so they did that, and then you know it took I had to wait like a year before I could tell anyone. <laughs> It was so painful. I was like, ooh.
0: So was it so when she contacted you, were you like, Yes? That's really yeah. exciting. Was it yes, a Yes, cool, definitely. Yeah. I was just like, Okay. And how yeah, did that's... you know how to price it? Um Did you get advice or did you I just worked off, I suppose, currently what things were being priced at for Like just your normal painting price? Yeah, yeah. certain
1: sizes and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but every year, like Prices have kept steadily increasing. Sorry, mm-hmm. people that keep missing out on paintings. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but it's just what what's really uh, important for me is that Tura Gallery told me a couple of weeks ago that some people were coming in and they were buying my work uh, or wanted to buy my work because they saw it as a solid investment. And for an artist, that is like that's the epitome of like, you know, so the idea that your work might actually increase in value for the people that bought it was such a special feeling for me. Yes. I mean, that was a goal, but I didn't yeah. think I'd ever, you know, get to that goal. Mm. And especially cause I'm untrained. I'm, you know, not with a New Zealand dealer gallery that represents, you know, Auckland art fair and stuff. And I was like, this is incredible. Like mm. it's just, and it's because of things like social media. Mm. Like I have a lot to owe to that for exposure and everything. Like before, you know, galleries I've found like to find artists. They don't necessarily like artists approaching them.
0: I was thinking about you in the lead up to this. That is has been, I think, one of your skills is that you have this really awesome, open and honest <laughs> Social presence, that is a real, it shows the beauty of your work, but it shows the background of your work, it shows who you are, shows the the highs, the lows, all of it, and that's what people want. I definitely believe in um, authenticity. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I don't put on the ugliest photo of myself that I've taken, but I also won't choose the prettiest photo of myself either, because I would just want this, like, no, no, middle Middle
0: row, but <laughs> no, you're just very real about your life as an artist. And I think yeah. for people that, I mean, not only for the, I mean, I'm sure there are kind of some high-level people that are buying your work now and that kind of thing, but then for the rest of us plebs that might not be able to afford something right now, or whatever, just seeing all of that, just you're building that profile just by being you, and that is really cool.
1: It's a, it's a nice feeling. I think um, my husband described me when we're doing the wedding ceremony stuff with the celebrant um as brutally honest (laughs) so this was always I think a a feature that I you know always felt like I had to control about myself that I you know had to hide especially when I was a teenager and now it's becoming like one of my strongest points Mm. because it's just like I don't know how to beat around the bush I don't know Mm. you know it's just like I'm having a shit day You guys can hear about it. Mm.
0: (laughs) And I just, you know what, so much of this world and particularly so much of this creative world is a bit smoke and mirrors. And Mm. so much of it is um, a a front or a um, I'm this and this, you know. And I think people, like, we all know, especially the older that you get, nothing is as it seems Either you know, no one. is, So you could easily you could have this whole fake artist persona of this perfect creative world, but it just isn't true. And I think that's what people identify with. That yeah, you are brutally honest, and it is probably your biggest <laughs> brand value.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. For me, it was um, I want people to connect with my work, and in order to do so, they have to understand where that works come from, and so. I have to be, yeah, transparent. It's, it's a pretty simple um, structure, but it's important because I, I don't want to, I don't want to fool people. I don't want to trick people.
0: It's like, this is what it is and this is who I am. Oh, uh, and it, I think it, it's just time and, and growth and confidence and the more you do stuff and it's well received and it, you know, all of that stuff. So, actually, so just finishing collaborations, have, have you done anything else or is there anything else in the works uh, or is there something
1: you're interested in? I would love to do some more collaborations. It's sort of, I find them quite hard because it's, you know, it's never just an art. It's like, how do you put art onto this or how do you do this? And I need a lot of direction mm. if people want something because I guess I,
0: it adds that whole other layer of pressure, doesn't it? Yeah, I can't
1: can't think of, like, there was another um, fabric sort of situation that's on the cards, and I can't think of how it's going to be printed or dyed or, you know, because I'm not, I haven't been in the the fabric-making factories. I don't get it, like, how do I apply that to that? So I'm like, if you want me to just make a painting, I can do that, and you can work with that. (laughs) But, I, yeah, I'm not a, um, I suppose, a, full creative in that sense. It's like, no, I
0: just do the you're art. St- you're just, not just an artist, that's the <laughs> wrong word, but you know, that's your primary thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So collaborations are fun, definitely. We've actually just talked a little bit about it, but what would you say are kind of the values or ethos that drive your work?
1: Oh, yeah, it would definitely be that authenticity. Uh, uh, values. I like, I like the concept of working hard. So treating uh my career as an actual, you know, day to day job, I think uh David Hockney always talked about that, like, you know, he's ninety something now, but he still gets up every day and paints or draws and works every day. And I liked that idea. You know, not that you're some sort of um artist that just works whenever they feel like it or something. It's like no, you it's a it's a cra- like not a craft because that's different, it is, yeah, you just got to work. So that's, I happen to create a style that is very time consuming. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. And also, I guess it just, that's the difference between being a working artist or a um, hobby artist. And a hobby artist doesn't have to do it every day necessarily. A hobby artist can pull the paints out on the weekend or on a rainy day and, and that's fine. But it's uh, yeah, not if work that for works a, for them. It's not going to work sweet. for a working artist
1: because no, no. If you want it, like I want it as a career, like this is my job, and I've gotten more comfortable. You know, there's always those first years where everyone sort of squirms about calling themselves an artist. It's an unusual word. You know, it's been quite overdone, I guess. It sounds a bit wanky, <laughs> but right. I've gotten I've gotten more comfortable saying it that's um yeah authenticity transparency uh working hard and i guess growth i will always i'll never stop learning that's a real every time i paint every time i look at something i see something new i i yeah like i will just continue to grow and that's again one of the commi- uh, problems i had with commissions is people be like i want it painted like this i was like oh, i can't do that because that painting was that painting Mm. I don't know how I got to that painting. It mm. was a moment that I did it, and I cannot recreate that. Mm.
0: You can't so, create, recreate the emotion that you felt while you were doing yeah. it in the exact space of time that you were... Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: thoughts, paints, everything. And so I I, I had to like sort of stop that because I noticed people get really disappointed when they have an idea in their head and it doesn't turn out. I mean, you as, like, graphic design sort of you deal with this constantly. If people have ideas in their heads and you present them something else, it will take them quite a while to get their heads around it, to be like, oh, that's not what I thought I was going to get.
0: It's actually <laughs> so much better, I think, to do it the way you're doing it because mm. then people see something, I like that, I will purchase yeah. it. The minute, yeah. And we're all like it. Like, the minute you... We've all had it. Like, you're like, I'm going to get so-and-so to do that for me. Oh, it's not quite how I wanted it. And yeah. it's like, because you've got this idea, but they don't can't recreate your exact idea. Unless, yeah. But yeah. whereas if I go and buy that just as it is, I know what I'm buying and I'm buying it yeah. for that. It's like, and that, I yeah.
1: enjoyed making it because yeah. it was something for me, this moment, I was just like, oh, I want to do this. And this is exactly how I want to you know play out this emotion and do this so it it has come from um a really authentic place I think you know so I will probably continue down that road it's it's been a learning curve just figuring out what works for me and what doesn't and I feel very comfortable in the situation I'm in with just focusing on exhibitions and just smashing that out.
0: And you're actually in such a, I know you've been doing this in creative endeavours for a while, but you're actually in quite a young phase of your overall artist working life. So it is, it's growth and development and figuring things out and working out how everything works and that will continue.
1: Yeah, I know. What will be? What will I be making in ten years? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> so,
0: what has been your biggest highlight so far in your job as a working artist? uh
1: oh, there'll be several. Juliet Hogan was definitely uh, an incredible highlight and experience. Uh, the my last two exhibitions have sold out. This is during the pandemic, so. That is undeniably uh, a confidence thing. Like, like that's that. yeah, yeah. Like people are still they're still investing in art. Maybe even more so during COVID. It's really a fascinating thing to watch. I think maybe they're not going on holiday or they're looking at blank walls.
0: <laughs> Well, people are, I mean, we've talked about this on the pod as well when we've had it, like, interiors-focused people. People are investing in their homes because we yeah. are going to be here for a wee while, I think, yes. and they're um, wanting to create spaces that they love and got more time yeah. to think about it. And
1: Oh, actually, I did. There was one other highlight. So quite often I've had people contact me and they've bought a piece or this was, you know, over the course of me painting and they've been first time art buyers. And they've just been like, I don't I don't know, this is my first time, I'm just, you know, but I really want something and or your piece and that has been, you know, an incredible feeling because I've managed to bridge a gap for them mm. that they've gone, I'm gonna go into this art world and buy something and you know, they never have before. Because I've
0: been inspired by this
1: yeah yeah so to 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 connect with people and to actually like bridge them over to this art concept and um that sort of stuff has been a really really great experience for me
0: that's so cool that's so cool I didn't even (laughs) think about that um as a as a thing but yeah that would give That would give you so much, um, like fill your tank.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, I was their first, their first purchase, and hopefully they'll purchase from other artists, and that has started a ball rolling for them. That keeps Mm -hmm. the rest of us, you know, creating, like because we have the support from everybody, and you know, you can't really, you can be an artist, I suppose, without earning money, but it would, you
0: do need to buy things. (laughs) So, on the flip side, what have been your biggest challenges working as an artist? Uh, I would say the biggest...
1: I mean, there's there's a lot of existentialism as an artist. There's a lot of time spent in your head. There's a lot of doubt and uh, questioning, frustrations. But actually, the biggest uh, issue I've ever come across has been a artist mother as you would know and being in the midst of little children and the juggle is real it's very real uh so i am fortunate enough that my kids are a, a lot older now but that frustration where you wanted to create and you want to work and you can't uh was one of the hardest things i found i think you know that it was i you know have to do washing and make a snack and pick, play of toys or something and it's like, no, I actually really feel in the energy to but go. But in
0: your mind, all <laughs> you're thinking about is I just want to work. I just wanna yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So we've I think we've really <laughs> done a number on ourselves as women, you know, when we wanted like we wanted the careers, we want the children, we want everything. And I think from a feminist point of view it's been an interesting experience because the guys have just been like, "Yeah, sure, go hard." Yeah, totally. So what are you gonna you can, do? You can bring in some more money and still have the kids. Yeah, and... yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: So yeah, I don't know if we, I don't know if we've helped ourselves that much. But I it's funny because it's a, it's not even a. I mean, like I know for me, I haven't gone. I haven't, from a feminist perspective, gone, and I will still work and be a mother. Mm. I just want to. And yeah, so, yeah. and that's the frustration. Is like part of me is like, just chill and do five years of yeah, enjoy uh, your not kids. just being a mum, but playing with my kids, doing the house like just do, if, mm. if you've got the option to do it, just do it. And then the other part of me is like, no, but I want to yeah. do this and this and this and that. Yeah.
1: Pressure is still there. Yeah, you know, we want we want to achieve. We yeah. want to be, you know. Yeah. So I think that has been the biggest challenge is to um, figure out a a sort of uh, happy place yes, for all of that. And I'm just, just getting there now, I mm-hmm. think. You know, except with school holidays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like,
0: don't, don't even talk to me about school holidays. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, to work, you know, I need to be home by three for my son. And then my daughter gets home at like quarter to five from a Hamilton school. And it's like I, I, I just structure my day.
0: And I guess that's part that. of what we were talking about, like being a work, like hard work and working every day mm. and structure. You you kind of set these parameters for yourself. That's part yeah. of the process, I guess. Oh,
1: I need a routine. Yeah. I love a routine. Yeah, it's every time I get worked out. That's when, like, you know, my sleeping goes bad. All these things. It's like, no, keep the routine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything needs to be the same. Yeah, and. That's- uh, yeah Yeah, little deviations you know maybe i'll go for a run that day or do this this day but i like that routine yeah and it's important i think for sanity same with like keeping a organized tidy house because my uh job is chaos like to paint and find chaos really and so If everything else in my life is sort of ordered, I can really let loose with that.
0: But trying to. (laughs) 100% identify with that. I can't. It's even actually, even before we recorded today, because I record in my little playroom y TV area that the Mm -hmm. kids. And before um, I dropped them at preschool today, they got all of the magnet tiles out all over the floor. And and the first thing I did when I came back, I've like literally tidied the whole space because I'm like. If I was talking to you now with all that there, it would ruin me, you know, like Mm. I would be seeing it always. And I totally agree with that. Like just having that.
1: Yeah, I think there's actually an art quote. I just can't remember who said it, but it was about like keeping your life in order or tidy so creatively you can let loose. Yes. Can you find me that quote? I've been trying (laughs) to. I've been googling Googling. it. I can't remember who wrote it. It was something like that. It was like an old writer or someone.
0: Okay. Oh, if anyone listening knows um, who 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 made that quote up, tell us. Okay. So, getting towards the end, who or who what have been the biggest influences in your work? I'm sure actually (sighs) that list is very long.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of artists. Keeping because uh, because I was self-taught and art is, you learn like we, you learn from your predecessors, you learn skills, everything, not that I met them but I can look at how they painted and I can learn from it and so that's how arts always worked, you know they all the art was uh, of people were really flat before, you know, the Greeks started doing the actual full structures of like marble statues of humans and stuff and then everyone went oh, we can... We can draw real people now. But it was like a a learning thing. And so we're just always building on that. And now we're kind of almost breaking things down and going backwards because photography changed the art world dramatically. People stopped painting realistic things because they had photographs instead. And so they were like, now I'm going to paint my feelings or how I see that or how I want someone else to feel this. And so I guess, yeah, artists have been my biggest... Influence, yeah I mean business wise My dad's always had Like been a business owner and stuff So that's definitely an influence Uh, My sister I guess was A massive push with the flowers Because I had full access to them Because she has a flower farm
0: Yes, and I mean she's another creative guru mm. In herself, Prim Gardens Isn't she, that's what she works under
1: Yeah. So I had, you know Full access to gardens and and questions because I'm not like a great gardener uh so I could ask her what these flowers were what this is and she always knows everything and it's not really because the garden paintings aren't it's not really about the garden for me anymore like there's been different exhibitions and some have been about time so how time is um sorry I'm deviating from the question but so you could see the actual paint marks and so you can feel time within a a singular two-dimensional object and then there's been other things where it was emotional and uh but for me at the moment by contrast is the next exhibition and it's about uh it's generally life and death is a big thing that's on my mind a lot and i like the you know the the opposite concept so you can't have life without death and you can't have happy without sad you need all of these things that and so I like when you, you have that moment and you, you realise it, that, you know, oh, I'm alive or, oh, that's beautiful or something or that's sort of what I like to play with a lot, especially with the very, um you know, painterly paint mark pieces. They are all just, this is, I like this. I like this colour. Oh, this is working. Oh, I like this bird And, yeah, so this is sort of, Where that is at the moment, but
0: I actually love just hearing you speak about that. Like, that's actually one of my favorite things watching your work through social is um, seeing those layers and seeing you play, you know, and you'll kind of often post like you painting and you can see all of that coming through. Yeah. So, what advice would you give to someone wanting to follow in your footsteps? All the budding, um, Ah oh. out there. <laughs> so I don't I don't think I've left any footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it's you know, been you can't really be like, hey, go have a get pregnant when you're nineteen <laughs> <laughs> then become a solo mum then yeah. you know
0: it's do a some other stuff journey. then. It's a personal yeah. journey.
1: Well for art it's I think that um the biggest advice would be to live your life. Like, you, you need all of those experiences, whether they're good or bad, because this is what you're going to draw from. This is how you're going to connect with people, how you're going to, you know, make them feel something about your work. So that would be the only advice I could really give um, budding artists is unfortunately <laughs> that sometimes the uh, hardest parts of your life will be uh, what you'll use later on so just make sure you get through the the tunnel yes
0: and actually (laughs) to be fair throughout this conversation we've had already is all of the advice anyone needs in terms of working as an artist all of the stuff that we've talked about you know that's huge yeah
1: financially and business wise you know you're going to have to treat it like a business you have to pay tax you have to do these things so that's all just uh don't I have heard that from other artists do not avoid that particular
0: and there is a way to have there's clearly through you there's a way to still have that creative emotional artistic response as well as um being a working artist there's a way to do both
1: I mean I could I could go off the rails I could be completely dysfunctional and like, you know, the the traditional artist. Mm. As I say, painting Um, at
0: 3 a.m. because you're inspired. Yeah,
1: yeah. I could, like, that that potential is always there. Like, there's always going to be, I think, uh, if you, you know, you play too deep in your mind, you're always going to have that risk. And it's, uh, unfortunately, it is, tends to be, you know, what you use to create and stuff. It's just trying to find, I guess, a balance where you just don't, go too far <laughs> so that's yeah what we we're talking about with the tidy house and the messy thing it's like trying to put yourself in that place and you know not become the the drunken drugged artist who's exploring concepts yes. uh, but like, I love
0: also that you're like you're able to recognize all those things as part of your practice and I think that shows growth and and character and and all of that as well which I think is pretty cool well, you can't have the good without the bad, I think, is probably another one of my ethos. Yeah, that's good. Oh, that's good. So what's the future for you as an artist? I mean, we've kind of talked about that already. Uh, we've got an exhibition coming up in June.
1: Yes, yeah, and then there might be another Australian one, but I think we've sort of had to push it out to maybe next year because I start running out of time. Again, things... I. Time planning's bad for me.
0: But so do you think future or do you just, are you just uh, focusing on working on what you're doing? Working on now, the now?
1: I do. I would love, uh, exposure's always a big thing because it's not that people don't necessarily like, like my work, it's that they haven't even seen or heard of me. That's been one of the biggest challenges. And so when someone shares your work, it's like suddenly people go, oh, how, yeah, I've never seen this before. And the messaging man almost like, yeah, I've been here for a bit, yeah, just went away, yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So like getting uh, overseas, like I love New Zealand, but it is quite a small pond, especially with art. Mm. Uh, so any kind of exposure overseas is tends to be one of my goals, like to eventually have an exhibition in like London or New York or. Soul or somewhere would just yeah that would be great
0: great goal <laughs> I'm excited to see that I'll be I'll be champion, cheering you on from New Zealand what are you passionate about outside of what you're doing cooking <laughs> like Hannah
1: <laughs> it's a real it's a real um uh her last name's not Van Hoven, but her mother was a Van Hoeven. So. Carmel's
0: talking about Hannah Suter, a guest on episode, I can't remember now, her cousin. Another foodie.
1: Yeah, oh, they're all foodies. Everyone, we just love food.
0: Isn't that cool, eh, so. that it's such an inherent family mm. trait? It's so cool. Yeah, we just, yeah, I love cooking.
1: It's, uh, if I didn't do art, I didn't do art. <laughs> 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 if I wasn't currently an artist, I would probably go into something
0: with food. Okay, so that's the end of all the big stuff. As I just said to you before, I have been so inspired by all of this conversation. Now I like want to just become a working artist. So watch (laughs) this space. Um, (laughs) um, So the next part, you know it, um, is my quickfire faves. So let's just run through those and I'd love to get your quickfire faves. So what app for business and or life do we need? I don't really,
1: yeah, I've never really got into apps. I do use, it's not really an app, but it's built into the phone as the period tracker. Oh, yes. Because... Is it built in? Yeah, it's under the Love Heart. Oh. You can find it in a Love Heart section. And it has, uh, you can monitor mood things. Ah. So I can start um, inputting if I had like a bad sleep or I felt agitated that day. And then... You know, you can compare the whole list and then I can see that there's actually a pattern.
0: Ah, interesting. Hormonally. Yeah, acne. so do you do that? Do you actually Yeah,
1: yes. like, yeah. So I don't feel insane.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I didn't <laughs> even is... consider doing that because I've only ever done it for, um, for getting pregnant, really. Yeah. But I didn't actually think about it just kind of in life and, yeah. and recognizing where you're at.
1: Well that comes um we'll get back to that when you ask me what to read. Yeah oh, yeah. And then I can I can link them all because yeah, cool. there is a, a Okay, well let's for that.
0: do that next. What should we, what are you reading? What should we read next? Uh often I just read
1: like crappy fantasies and well, I shouldn't say crappy. It's just most people don't don't like that stuff. So I'll use uh reading a lot of the time as escapism or I will read something incredibly factual like um I think it's John Mann has a book on the Amazons, or like the, the history of the concept of the Amazonian woman, and like I'll just read that whole book, and then I'll be full of information that it's, I don't need. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I so you had a episode with Bookity Bookity Books yes. Bookity Book Books, Mandy. Yeah, books. yeah. And so I went on her site and ordered some books, and I got this one called Hormonal by Eleanor Morgan. And it's ah uh, we just we just don't understand women's hormones or they haven't been I suppose a a really high a priority top, yeah, like, topic subject sort of thing, and I've actually found because I had a lot of issues um sort of mentally uh, sleeping and emotionally over the last sort of five years. I'm a lot better now, but it was pretty I was pretty up, you know stress and stuff I didn't manage things very well and I found that once I started doing the you know tracking Mm. of my moods and things that a lot of it was definitely related to my progesterone levels my estrogen levels and unfortunately it's a something women just have to deal with every month (laughs) yeah
0: yeah it is what it is yeah
1: but it was like reading her book was just really helpful to get more insight into that to really understand it so it's not that you could even really change things. Like some people do have to go and fix stuff and get things taken out and give Mm. pills and all that. But it's more just, I suppose, having that concept that's removed from yourself Mm. and go, you know, yeah, I've got PMS and I am still stressed out and grumpy and angry and all these things, but I understand what my body's doing. Mm. (laughs) So it's a little bit less,
0: overwhelming yeah, you can just rem- or, uh, you can yeah. remove
1: it from yourself like look at it as sort of a separate identity mm. sort of thing it's, and I've yeah yeah I found that really really helpful
0: as you saying that I'm just remembering that I follow this um influencer slash writer slash all sorts of per, uh, things uh, girl from the UK and um she, I remember she posted once About how she tracks her period She She's had all her kids Tracks her period um, for her PMS And what she actually does Is she kind of predicts it Because she, now she's got so much kind of data That she can kind of predict Kind of where things are going to be at And she just makes sure that on those Around those times she doesn't have um, Like really big meetings Where she needs it and, and so she actually kind of plans her life around it To make her life Flow yeah, and yeah. I was like, I as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, it makes so much sense to be yeah, aware Yeah, to of go that easy stuff. on yourself. Yeah, that think, will be my day where I'm just gonna cruise and do the housework yeah. or whatever. See, I
1: think this is a real, a real good feminist point. Um, and it's again, it's like, we're not, I, I'm not a man, I'm not trying to be a man, like, I deal with very, very different things hormonally and emotionally and everything, but. To understand yourself and to be like, yeah, it's, this is just how I am going to be today. And that's okay. And
0: it's okay. Yeah, that's And I okay. think when you don't know, um, that is what causes more chaos. Yeah. Because then yeah. you're like, I hate myself. Why am I like this? What am I <laughs> What am I doing? Yeah. Exactly. And then it spirals. So yeah. Oh, that's a yep. great recommendation. Okay. I love that. Next thing, slightly more superficial, maybe not. What have you watched <laughs> lately that we must see? Ah. Uh,
1: Again, I don't watch much. Um, For some reason, we just... I get bored of telly. Really bored of it. But we did watch recently Zero 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 on Netflix, which is, like, about drug running, uh, based on a book. I can't remember his name, but the guy that wrote it, he's now in hiding. And it's, yeah, just a sort of ground level of drug running between Italy, Mexico, and... America. And I don't normally watch that stuff, but I found it quite fascinating. Quite
0: fascinating. Yeah. 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 Okay. It was that's a good cool. one. Now, I know you like podcasts, and I think you do like podcasts while you're working. Is that right? Uh, I listen mostly to music. Yep.
1: Yeah, but occasionally I do. When do you listen to your podcasts? Um, when I really get sick of music. <laughs> <laughs> just like every single song is just yes. annoying me, and yeah. I just
0: can't. So take a break.
1: Uh, so back to that um Amazonian book I was talking about, which is similar to the the podcast that I really zone out to is uh Let's Talk About Myths Baby, which is uh I think her name's Liv Albert and it's about it's about Greek myths, but she's a feminist and just breaks them down and retells all of the stories. I love
0: such an artist recommendation, the Greek myth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really, uh, she swears a lot. It's a lot of fun because, you know, the Greek myths are very patriarchal. Uh, but I just have always been interested in that particular time and culture. And so I love, and their stories are crazy, like absolutely crazy. So I enjoy listening to that one because it's just, yeah, and it's it's very well um, Read and written yes. and stuff. You yeah.
0: love yeah. those ones, eh? That you you come out of it and you're like, I oh, know they make you think. They make you think after you've learnt something. It's yeah, changed yeah. your thinking. Oh, okay. about, I know those? far too much about Zeus now. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> just casual conversation, eh? And people yeah, aren't as yeah. passionate about you uh, as, <laughs> yeah. as you. Um, okay. When we're in Perongia. Parongea, <laughs> The South Wa- Waikato. Where um, should we go to eat or drink? Uh, my well, house? <laughs> 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 Have you got any uh, recommendations close to I, home?
1: Hamilton. Yes. Uh, right yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, there's Hayes Common. Amazing. There's yes. Mr. Pickles. And underneath Mr. Pickles is the Bearded Weasel if you just want, yes. like, snack food. And then there's Craft And... Chilli House is just some really good sort of
0: Sichuan Chinese food. Um, Yeah, but those are... Hamilton has actually, being... I'm from Hamilton. Hamilton has got actually some really awesome restaurants. And Hamilton gets such a bad rap. It has done (laughs) my whole life.
1: But I definitely think... We do. I definitely
0: think that... um, I often talk about that with friends, particularly that are coming over here to the Mount, and I'm like, actually, Hamilton's got just as many, if not more, good restaurants and good design and good style and some really creative people doing some really cool things yeah yeah
1: they are there's it's just dotted around you just gotta find them and stuff we still don't have the um i suppose it's to do with how many people can you know are spending their money to have the amount like auckland has for foodie places and stuff so it's still not there yet but and i mean i'd love to just go to auckland just to eat like it's a real nice experience, but it's, it's getting there, it's just about, you know, more exposure for more people to different kinds of food, and just, you know, supporting everyone, I guess that's how an economy works, we just,
0: yes, you know, <laughs> totally, okay, and finally, on Insta, where do you get your Insta inspo, who are your best creative followers?
1: Oh, okay, I've got, uh, someone just got me onto Alison Roman, Oh, I love her.
0: Yes. Yeah. So she's. I keep she's saving very... her videos because um, yeah. her YouTube videos keep. I come up and I, I. think I get her newsletter and I'm like, I'm saving yeah. that. I'm going to do it and then I don't. <laughs> but I love watching her videos.
1: Yeah, she's very real, and you know, I I really like a particular uh, particular food group that seems to be always coming out of New York. can't quite there's not a style like there's a little bit of italian thrown in there there's a bit of greek thrown in there yeah jewish yeah there's it's sort of a weird mix uh but i've got a couple of books and they always they're very similar but i really like what comes out of that um, state or city i should say when it comes to their recipes there's something fun about it you know uh it's not quite as complicated as French. It's not it's it's yeah, it's really fun. And they do mix a couple of herbs and spices and um stuff that I wouldn't normally mix together. Like she had something that she put it was something that was almost Indian in spice. And it was sort of merging it with Italian herbs. I was like, ooh. Okay. I see. I love <laughs> that different. you would even
0: think that because I wouldn't. <laughs> I'd, I was just like, I, what got me onto her, I think, was in lockdown as like a recipe for her. Um, that, have you seen the frizzled chickpeas? They Oh, yes, frizzled yeah. chickpeas. That came yeah, and out. Like and I just like the crispy. name. Like, I was like, that's what inspired, and I made them, because I was like, ooh, I like that name. That sounds cute, yeah. Frazzled Chickpeas. But you're like, oh, I, I see she's used that spice with that, and yeah. I just don't <laughs> even see that. Like, yeah. just yeah, it's funny so, she's, yeah, so
1: she's, yeah, so my, she's um, my Instagram food thing at the moment. Uh, Kowtow is always with colours. They're always on point with colours. So if I ever get like, oh, I need to, you know, see some colours, it's definitely... Kowtow is amazing. Uh, I don't know how to say their name. Is that Arant
0: Pike Studio or Arant? Oh, Arant and Pike. I, I Aunt call them Arant and Pike, but I don't yep. know if that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so for interiors, like
1: the Australian company, I think they're mostly woman. There's a femininity there that had, and there's still a little bit of a, like a brutalist stuff going on which is often in fashion or for interiors but and a little and they never go fully minimalist either and i just i like how they put things together it works really well and then for uh ceramics i really enjoy watching felicity's process through one dear she's just has it's just so much fun like what she puts into her work and everything's just finished so well. She's so particular about her style and stuff that I really enjoy just supporting her and seeing the processes and everything. And then for an artist recently that I've come across is um, Deborah Jade Segan. And so she's sponsored by Bears London, which is a big gallery over there and yeah, just check out her work. That's pretty cool.
0: Cool. Oh, I love that. That's heaps of um good inspo there, and um actually, I I'm not very good at reading nonfiction, but I'm really inspired to read that um hormonal. It just gives you I don't know a good sense of yourself and as a woman and what we what we go through. Yeah. Hey, um, thank you so much. Huh. I had thank just, you. I loved um our interactions that we've had over Instagram during my p- little podcast journey and you've been such an awesome support to me and I've really really appreciated it and I just love your work I'm so obsessed like saving up this I was like actually like really going to try and get something from this exhibition I don't know if financially it'll be possible but I'll be like I'll just pay the next level of pricing next well, that, year or something like that.
1: <laughs> have you seen um my art oh I need to yes I should yeah, just you, yeah Tura is with them so you can sign up and it's nine installments over nine months and it's interest free so you get the art straight away like after the exhibition and then you've got nine months to pay installments on it if that's how you know and so it makes uh, art collecting more achievable for people
0: hey thank you so much Carmel. I love your work think you're amazing and I can't wait for people to hear Thank you. It's been great. Seriously, after talking with Carmel, it just makes me want to get into a studio and start painting. I am so inspired. And it's so interesting to hear, not only about her creative process, but also about the business and logistics of being a working artist. As I mentioned in my intro, not only is Carmel's work just beautiful, but I love how open, honest and real she is about her life and her work as an artist. A couple of days after this episode goes live, Carmel's latest exhibition, By Contrast, opens at Toorua Gallery in Auckland. I'm sure her work will sell out pretty quickly, but if you hear this episode in time, make sure you take a look. You can follow along with Carmel's day-to-day artist life on Instagram at Carmel Vanderhoven. that's at C-A-R-M-E-L-V-A-N-D-E-R-H-O-E-V-E-N. And if you want to see her paintings online, visit touragallery.co.nz. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear what you think about the podcast. And if you wanted to tell your friends about Super Creative, I would just be ever so grateful. If you'd like to keep listening, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you wanted to rate and review, that would be amazing. For more information, find us at Super Creative Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Bye!